Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him on a life-transforming journey. And now, here's Pastor Lorian to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. May God bless you on this Lord's Day as you center your heart on Jesus no matter where you are, on the road or in life. Throughout the past few weeks, we have been searching the scriptures of the Lord's grace that has been poured in our lives through the gifts He has imparted to us, life-transforming gifts, love-imparting gifts, and God-glorifying gifts. Today we're in Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had made two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. talents and the third one talent. Remember, to each for his ability. Now, the fact that he gives different amounts, and there are a lot of different servants, seems that the master thought probably that one of them was distinctly more able than the others. The one that got five, he he had the strength, the know-how, the wisdom, the desire to do more than the one that had two, and he maximized to 100% what was given to him. The second one was a man of some ability, right? And the third, distinctly less capable than the first two. And you wonder, what does that mean? We're talking about servants in the kingdom. And and this actually, in the end, it deciphers who is truly saved and who is not saved. We're going to open this up to understand it, to see where we stand, where I stand. As they exercise their gifts, they're living out their salvation by bringing forth fruit. Now look at Matthew 13, verse 8. The Lord talks a lot about the seeds and the fruit and the, and the soil. And we always ask the question, what's my heart like? Other seeds fell on good soil and they produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Again, different amounts. Greater glory to God, personal satisfaction for the servant, but different amounts. One should not be envious of the other because it's according to the ability. And their cup was filled no matter what the amount because they did their best. Could it be that the one talent was given to a non-believer? And the seed and the talent that was given to him, the one responsibility was a call to grace and salvation with one responsibility to accept it and live it out. The ones that had more talents, he had two and then had five, they were saved, they were faithful, they lived it out. So beyond the one, they doubled and multiplied the others. But the one that received one talent, according to his ability, all he had to do is, in our understanding, accept that grace. Receive that salvation. That's all you've got to do. You receive one, if you bring back two, that's enough. Because you had root 
and you had fruit. Look at Hebrews 6 verse 7 and 8. More about seeds, more about soils. For the land that has drunk the rain that awful falls on it, produces a crop useful for those whose sake it was cultivated, receives a blessing from God. So the soil, even if I go back to the four soils, right? Uh, you got the, the, the seed that fell on the road, that fell on the rock, the seed that fell among the thorns, and only one seed fell on good soil and gave fruit. Even though the first three soils received it with gladness, and quickly, doesn't mean they were saved. They appreciated what they heard. They were impressed by the invitation, but they never made a commitment. There was no root. How do we know the soil was good? Had two things, had root and had fruit. In this case here, this ground that receives the rain, it has a crop useful, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed. And its end is to be burned. So there's a soil that receives God's grace and blessings, but there's no response. There's no commitment. There's no repentance. And it keeps on getting, but rejects in the end. The Lord says its end is to be burned. John Ryle said this about these talents and these fruitful lives. Anything whereby we may glorify God is a talent. Our gifts, our influence, our money, our knowledge, our faith, our health, our strength, our time, our senses, our reason, our intellect, our memory, our affections, our privileges as members of Christ's church, and advantages as possessors of the Bible, they are all talents following in and being built on the previous seven we read from Romans chapter 12. The point of this parable that Jesus gives is that waiting for Christ's return and being ready for His return is no passing passive matter. Once you become a believer, you're not checked in and now you wait. Now you become a believer, you begin to live life as the Lord meant it, which will bring you joy, satisfaction, and purpose, and Him glory. We must work faithfully, energetically for Him now, and today, better than yesterday, and less than tomorrow. You see, God's gift have already been invested in you. That's the grace. He's given these to you without even asking for them, because He's a good Father, and He loves giving us these gifts. It is now our responsibility to discover them and to use them, because He holds us responsible for the grace that's been planted in us. And you may ask the question, well, what's my gift, or how do I start, what do I do? It's very simple, go back to Moses. Forty years, he thought he was somebody, and the next 40 years, he learned he was nobody, and he was done. And then God shows up and says, listen, you actually are somebody in my book, because I love you. I got a plan for you. He goes, oh, no, not me. And then God says, what's in your hand? It's already there. You've got the staff you've been walking with and leading with these sheep all these years. What's in your hand? Your gift is in your life right now. Yeah, you may be getting cobwebs, but it's time to do some house cleaning and shining and enjoying. See what God has given you because your life will change as a believer if you begin to live up to your gift. 
Now look at David when he stepped up and they said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine mocking the people as the army sits on the side and they're afraid? And he looked in his hand, what do you have? Five rocks, five pebbles, and a slingshot. And God says, use that. God is embedded into your life at the point of salvation and that transformation and receiving Christ. At that point, he gave you these gifts that use for his glory. Think of Esther. For such a time as this, she was put in the gap of salvation of her people as Haman was plotting and the people were fearing and they had no idea what was going on and she was wondering, what do I do? She was told, listen, if it's not you, it'll be somebody else, but you were placed on this throne for such a time as this. She realized that her ancestry was hidden under her crown already. All she had to do was be used by God. Pray for me as I approach the king. What's in your hand? Now, turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Mark eleven twelve. Jesus walks up to a fig tree. In his humanity, he's hungry, but there's no fruit. Now, notice that the fig trees, they have the leaves first. And as the leaves grow, it, it means that there's fruit there as well. Because the leaves, they, they blossom first and then the fruit. But if there's leaves, there's fruit. So he knows, listen, there's a tree. I'm hungry. I'm going to reach for it. And he finds that on the following day when he came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Next day they came by, it was withered. Where's the grace? Where's the patience? Right? Because he, that tree in a way was proclaiming, I've got it all, but he had nothing. And Jesus said, no, you will have nothing because you are nothing for proclaiming and not living. Since the tree had leaves but no figs, it means that it will never produce any fruit. It is this that Jesus uses as a symbol for the temple of that time. It had the appearance, it had the dedication to God, but in substance, it fell short of doing His will. There's grace in the gifts that have been given you. Recognize the importance of the responsibility. And now, we got to jump in the next verse. Right? Where these two, they receive it, and the word says, immediately they went out. Um, but, the, but the third one, he, he went and he dug it into the ground. Here's the principle. Realize the ramifications of your reaction. This tells you who you are. When you hear God's word, when you hear the call, the conviction, the way you react on your way home, and when you get home, tells you who you really are, who I am. Turn with me to Luke chapter 13, verse 6. Luke 13, 6. And he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. See, and he came seeking fruit and found on it none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree. And I found none. Cast it down. Why should it use up the ground and he answered him, Sir, let her alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit for next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. So that tree received one more year of grace uh, that it will give fruit. And that means God comes and he checks your life. And he gives grace one more year. 
Is there any life? Are you planted? Are you taking and sucking in water without any fruit? And we read in John chapter 15 about the pruning and the cutting. The pruning is that so the tree would give more fruit, more branches, and the cutting is to throw away. But a cut is a cut. It hurts, doesn't it? But when you know that God is working in your life, even though it may hurt, you know He does it because He loves you and He disciplines you. Hebrews chapter 12, a father that loves his sons, it hurts for a while. But because He loves, He disciplines. So there may be cuts, there may be pruning actually, but so you are fruitful. The question is, is there fruit in your life? We talked about the Holy Spirit fruit that is inward, and if it's real, it will naturally give forth outward fruit, for it cannot be held within. I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser, and He is working. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. We sing, may the Lord be glorified, glory to the Lord. We love the Lord. How you glorify the Lord that you may bear much fruit. Notice that word much is not there by happenstance. It's not that you would bear fruit, but you bear much fruit. Some of us say, well, I'm going to be happy if I'm going to be in heaven, and I'll be the usher. There's no such position in heaven. That's Peter's place. It is not the point of just making it to heaven. It's that you will have much fruit. A sign of my salvation for my heart is that I am fruitful with much fruit, inward and outward. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. We look at John the Baptist, he preached the gospel of this life-transforming power, and it was proven by the fruits of the Holy Spirit. He cried out in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, we mentioned to this earlier, he says, listen, I baptize you with water for repentance, Matthew 3, 11, but he who comes after me is mightier than I, I'm not worthy to, uh, to tie his sandals and carry them, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fork is in his hand, he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. There is this judgment coming, both for those who have been proclaiming, but not truly saved, and even for those who have been saved, but not giving forth fruit. Scripture talks about they will be saved as by fire. So, even though Scripture says, even now the axe is laid at the foot of the trees, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So it's not just my declaration and proclamation of being a Christian. I must look at my life. Is there fruit? For if there's no fruit, that means I'm not saved. That means I will be cut down and thrown to the fire. This is not a joking matter. So here in, in the following text here, in understanding this principle of this understanding and recognize the responsibility of our reaction, we have two things. Serving faith and fake faith. Sterile faith. Paul has a lot to say about this, and so does James. Is your faith working, says James. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So he who had the two talents made two talents more. I want to 
bring this to a close by bringing to the forefront the serving faith. You have faith in Christ? Yes, I do. All right? Are you serving? Is there fruit? Where's the reality of this? The faithful servants served well because they loved Jesus. And they wanted to please Him. The wicked servant failed to serve well. He he actually hated and he resented his master. Now we must realize that it's the Father who entrusts us with these talents, these gifts. They are His talents, not ours. And it is He that blesses our love and faith in Him by giving us opportunities to serve Him. And then He also gives the increase And He blesses our soul and glorifies Him. That's what Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work. So as He surrounds you with His grace and plan, He gives you the desire to serve Him and the strength to work for Him. And then He blesses you with the increase. The heart of these two servants that are faithful... This heart requires a loving humility. A loving humility. It's not about me. Not about what I do. It's about the church. About the body of Christ. About those who are lost. Those that God wants to use me into their lives. It's not about my fulfillment. Or my recognition. Oh, nobody paid attention. Nobody said thank you. I'm not going to do it again. You're in the wrong business. This serving is a loving humility that realizes not about us, our success or our happiness or appreciation or our comfort, what we call an American Christianity. It is about the cross and God's glory. Paul teaches us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, when he says, What then is Apollo, great preacher of that day? What is Paul? Great writer and an apostle. Meaning, rhetorically, in God's scheme and plan, they're nothing compared to Jesus. Loving humility. Unworthy servants that God gave us in His grace and wisdom, these gifts. We can do nothing but respond by saying, I will live out my gift. I planted, what he says, servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. Jesus himself personally gave you gifts. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. We don't make plans to let the church grow. God does that. If we preach and we give the word and you feed from it and you love it and you begin to live it, you can't but talk to your friends and neighbors about Jesus, what he's done in your life. But if Jesus has done nothing in your life, what are you going to talk about? One plants, one waters, but God gives the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and the one that waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. Again, we will be judged according to how we've been faithful and labored. You don't have the strength to drive, to go places? Be on your knees and pray all day long for people by name. That is more faithful than anything can be done even from this pulpit. Be a prayer warrior. 
Call people up. Read to them a verse from Scripture. Tell them how you've been transformed. And maybe this verse could be a blessing from them. Invest your life in somebody's life in the smallest things that helps them move along with the gift of encouragement. The gift of mercy that tells them, don't worry, God forgives you if you repent. Please repent. Let's pray together. Because we will receive our wages according to our labor. This word here, assigned... That God has given us and assigned to each means to give, didomi, to grant of one's own. So what you have been given is holy, not to be shelved. If you've got a gift, you do have a gift, and you put it on a shelf, if you don't use it, you're insulting God Almighty and the Holy Spirit that gave it just to you to use it. You're telling God, you're not wise enough. Your gift doesn't mean much to me because you didn't think about me, about what I like. You're telling him, I don't think you got a plan with a gift to give in my life. So basically, you are shutting the door in God's face. There's living and serving grace given to us, not just saving grace. And we're responsible for the honor that we return for such grace. 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. He recognizes his responsibility and what he has done. And each one of us are adding to it. So be careful how you add and what you bring in serving the Lord. The cry is in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 saying, How shall we escape such great salvation? Yes, we have been given the gospel and we accept it and we receive it. And God touches my heart and I'm transformed and I'm saved. So therefore, I'm not shirking that salvation. But now, how can you escape if we neglect such great salvation in our service? It was declared at first by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness and signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. You've received gifts to bring strength and build in the house of the Lord. The Master gave them power and capital with the gifts he gave them. We talked about it last time. Could have been hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's time. What he gave them. It was up to them to invest themselves, their hearts. And to use what they received to unveil their gratitude to him by being faithful. And Paul says, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw... How are you building? How are you using your gifts? This is something that is a conversation between you and the Holy Spirit. The result is a breath of fresh air of eternal life living through you. Because you're living what you've been created for. That is powerful faith serving faith you've had salvation faith do you have serving faith using your gift not so it can be seen appreciated or applauded 
But as you look to the sky and you look to the Lord in your heart, say, Lord Jesus, I want to be faithful. What you've given me, I will do with all of my heart. Serving our Lord Jesus is not a matter of competing against other believers. It's not a matter of striving to impress. It's a walk of love, a path of obedience, a relationship with Jesus that sets us free to live the abundant life He offers. This is the invitation Jesus made to you and me to abide in Him. Jesus said, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. It's been a blessing spending this time with you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone at 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at the same time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.